Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Hi, ladies, and welcome back to the Story Night Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We are so glad you're here. We are getting really close to the 100th episode and nearing the third anniversary of this podcast, which is super fun. This is a place where real women are sharing their real stories of real hope. And every story is different, uh, but every story is important and has an impact. So some of you have been listening for quite a while. And if you have, you might remember that recently we heard Shadia's story. And Shadia just so happens to have some other friends with amazing stories who are also willing to share. So tonight you get to meet one of those ladies. Welcome, Mabel. Thank you so much for being here. And before we get started at the beginning of your story, would you introduce yourself to the listeners? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is such a blessing and an honor. My name is Mabel Nainan, and I was born and raised in India. I moved to the U.S. in 2008. I'm an author, a speaker. I'm a mom. I have an 11-year-old son, and we live in Northern California. I love that. We are going to get to the book you wrote and everything that you have to share because that that's such an important and amazing topic. But to get to the topic of your book, we have to go all the way back to the beginning. You mentioned that you were born in India, but now you're in California. So obviously there's a story how you get from one country to another, and you've actually been in several places. So let's start back and um, tell us a little bit about your home and, and what it was like being raised in India. Sure. So I was born in a city called Hyderabad, which is in the south of India. I have one sister, so it was a family of four, you know, a middle class Indian family and Hyderabad is a big city. And so, and we grew up uh, in a Christian home. My parents were Christians, you know, my grandparents and uncles and aunts and everyone. And so they really put in the effort and time to nurture our faith. We had daily devotions, family devotional time every day. And my mom was very strict that we should go to Sunday school. And we uh, went to a church, which was a small Methodist church. And all the members lived like within two or three miles of the church. So it was truly a local church. And I was part of that church for close to 25 years. So we all grew up together and I knew, you know, uh, my friends, parents and siblings. It was just like a second family. I think that really helped because Christians are minorities in India. Less than 5% of the country, of the people living in the country identify as Christians. And so, of course, there is persecution, but it's not widespread in in the cities as much as it is in the rural areas. For the most part, we can practice our religion freely and preach even freely. And so I didn't face um, persecution or at least blatant persecution growing up, but be, having that uh, church community and having you know my own family close and, and connected to, to faith was important because it just helped us stick together, gave us a sense of solidarity. And so, I mean, I grew up like any other regular girl and, you know, teenage years come with their problems. And 
<laughs> but through it all, I, I felt like um, now that I look back in hindsight, God's hand was always, you know, there guiding me, protecting me, watching over me. There was this one time which I would define as a major turning point in my life in terms of my spiritual growth was in my early 20s when I had like a heart break, a broken relationship, and that really turned things around for me. And it I think made me realize that nobody could love me as much as God can. And I just remember declaring to him one day, you know, in in my room that you have all of me. I just want to surrender my life to you and give you all I have and use me in whatever way you can. And I felt like and that really helped me turn a corner, gave me perspective. And I just wanted to serve God in every way I can. And I got involved in uh, youth ministry. I, I would do, I used to head a team of praise and dance, I don't know, youngsters who <laughs> like to praise and worship God that way. And so I was on fire for God, I, I would say my late 20s. And I met my husband in church. And shortly after getting married, we moved to the US. So that's how I moved. I mean, he had to come here for work. Um, and so I tagged along uh, and that's how <laughs> I ended up here. You know, you've almost described, at least at the beginning, uh, kind of a Hallmark movie um, <laughs> <laughs> as you're talking about, you know, this this small town, this community, everyone kind of knows each other. They're in this church family. They're all within, you know, a couple of miles of each other. And as you were describing it, I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like kind of the plot and the setting and the scene for so many of these, you know, Hallmark movies that some of us just love and adore watching, especially during um, the Christmas season. And then, you know, here comes, here comes the man and you fall in love and you get married. And now you're onto this whole other adventure and coming to the U.S. So some people listening have experienced this. And there are also women listening I know who have never experienced anything like this. And that's what we love about the Story Night podcast. You're about to describe some stuff that I know some listeners are going to go, oh my gosh, I am not the only one. She gets me. And there are going to be some listeners that are just going to have their eyes opened to some thoughts and some experiences that they've just, they're so foreign to them. Uh, and it's so helpful for us to kind of peek behind the curtain and really understand some of our neighbors and, and friends in ways that we wouldn't otherwise understand. So here you are in 2008 in the US for the first time, I'm guessing, right? Or had you ever visited America before? No, never. <laughs> Was it a complete shock? Was it what you expected? Uh, maybe take us through how you experienced um, your life in the US. Sure. So uh, my husband had been here earlier, and I don't know why that didn't give me a clue back when we were engaged that I might have to move to another country if I married this man. <laughs> I didn't think that much ahead. But anyway, so he had told me, you know, uh, about his experiences and, and prepared me in a way. Everyone was happy, you know, that you're going to America. This is the land of opportunity and the land of dreams and they, they give you a great send-off and this was also a chance for me to build a new life with my husband a new phase of life so I was excited and we landed in a small beach town it's a suburb of LA called Redondo Beach right so it's it's an awesome place so the shock was a good shock in a way I always loved uh, the beach I never got a chance to 
uh, visit the beach much or stay close to a beach. So this was like more than a dream come true. I really enjoyed my first few days. But then my husband started going to work and I was wondering like, okay, so what do I do now? <laughs> Because I was so used to being busy. I was a social person. I was busy and I was independent because I, I had a job in India and oh, I mean, because I was social, you know, I was meeting friends all the time. I was well connected to the Christians in the area, not just in my church, but, you know, doing ministry with other churches just helped me have a huge network of um, contacts. And so I slowly started to realize that all of that is not there, it's missing. But the time I remember that it hit me the most and I realized how big a change this was, was during Christmas time, because Christmas is a huge deal for Indian Christians. I mean, it is a huge deal for Christians anywhere, because for Indians, it's a lot about family, yes, but also community. And so there's a lot of, you know, activities going on in the church. We make special kinds of snacks and sweets at home. So when you talk about Christmas, my memories consist of just the smells, the sights and the sounds of growing up in India and the things that we used to do there. Um, one of the things we don't do is, you know, the Santa and the gift thing, but <laughs> there are other uh, activities very, very similar to how Christians celebrate Christmas everywhere. And my husband came from a different background in the sense that they did not celebrate Christmas growing up uh, because they believed it to be, you know, more a superficial thing or a pagan thing. So he didn't miss much. But suddenly I was wondering, you know, I, I was missing everything about home. And I realized then that this is a huge change. I was surprised that I couldn't cope with the change because nobody had prepared me. Everybody said, oh, yeah, go away, you know, have a great life and, and you'll settle down and there'll be no problems. You know, that's the expectation. No one uh, really prepared me. So I think I was taken by surprise. Um, and I also thought I'm a woman of faith. I'm going to, you know, face any problem that comes my way. I've got Jesus and that's it. That's all I need. But There are small changes, of course, in terms of culture, for example, with, you know, just the way that people make friends or strangers saying hi or small talk in America is just not the norm in India. Then there are traffic rules. I think we drive on the right or left or so I don't know. I always get this wrong. So it's the opposite way in India. <laughs> and weather and traffic and food are small things, but you also have, you know, just uh, how people, their customs or traditions around community and friendships and things like that. And then there's this, so this stress of assimilation is one thing that I didn't realize that it was building up in me because it's a lot of adjustment. Then you have homesickness and loneliness. My husband was the only person I knew in that town and I did slowly make a few friends. But still, I missed the friends that I had in India. I missed family. I missed just being around familiar things and familiar people. I think it, it just makes a huge um, difference. And I also started to feel like a misfit. You know, I mean, in India, I never thought about belonging. I never thought about how I looked and my accent. 
But suddenly here, I mean, I stood out. I never stood out in India. I was just another regular brown-skinned Indian girl. And most people in my friend circle spoke English like I did. This is how we speak English with an accent. But here, uh, you know, there were certain things about me that made me stand out. And I, I was not prepared to, I think, handle that well. Another aspect of the change was having to deal with a clean slate, having to start afresh. It's good if it's a good thing if you want to erase the past and all your mistakes, you know. But I struggled to deal with that because I thought I had built up a good network of friends. I thought I had built up good professional experience, um, good ministry experience. And I didn't want to let that go. I wanted to build on it. I didn't want to start afresh. And, and I could go on and on about these, you know, different aspects of being an immigrant and how they really test your mettle. But they led to deeper issues like dealing with self-worth because for me, I think I realized that just being wanted by people, being known by people, being important, being busy, doing something important made me feel valuable, made me feel like I had purpose, I was important, but all that was gone. And so I felt like I was not good enough. I was not doing anything important. I, my self-worth really took a beating. And this tested my faith because I was struggling to, to keep up that relationship with God. I knew that he had the answers. But instead of going to God and just spending time with him, I was trying to find solutions in other things. I was just trying to fill that void with, I think, just temporary things. Let's, you know, discover new places. Let's watch more TV. Let's read books. Um, and so I, I did not really completely give my problems to him and go to him for answers. But I I just wandered around, you know. And so <laughs> that's how my, my journey from being excited to just coming to a state where I was without joy, without purpose or hope. And I was just going through the motions you know, okay, so let's wake up today. What do I have to do? Let's do this and then go to bed. And really, um, the person that I was before I left, you know, how I was on fire for God and the person that I had become, was just, I would think, two different people. Well, and as you're describing, trying to kind of find that community and, and starting over, just to add to the difficulty it wasn't like you just found this Redondo Beach place and stayed there for 10 years and got to really establish yourself. You moved around and around and going from Southern California to New Jersey, right? And then Arkansas back to India and then Southern California. Now you're in Northern California. Now I know some of those states are all technically in the US, <laughs> but people who have traveled around America might argue that, you know what, those are kind of like three different countries, California, New Jersey, and Arkansas. <laughs> they they have their own culture and they're all very different. And so here you are going from one place to another, to another. And I think anybody, even if their whole life was within the same country, when you move around a lot, that's a pretty common struggle to get your roots established and, and find your community and make friends and, you know, if, get into your work and, and ministry and whatever it is that's kind of going on in your life. And I'm so thankful that you're shining a flashlight on this because 
there are so many women that experience this for different reasons and kind of have these bubbling struggles that do lead exactly how you said it. They lead to the deeper issues, Mm -hmm. finding your belonging. What is your identity? What is your self-worth? And so many of those other, and then more specifics to your story. Now I know a turning point is coming in your story because we never leave these stories without hope. Yeah. (laughs) I just have to say too, it's so nice that you have shared that intellectually you knew what the answer was. You had this relationship with God, but it just wasn't something just still wasn't there. You're, you weren't feeling that joy, even though you knew it was there. And, and I think so many women, at least that I talk with kind of have that struggle. And then they almost feel guilty for it. Like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know that there's this relationship there and I I still believe in God and I still love him, but there's just something missing and they kind of beat themselves up over it. Yeah, I completely understand. It's the time when, you know, certain situations just make us lose that connection between our head and our heart. I mean, we know things in our head. We know what we've learned. We've got that foundation, but somehow there is a disconnect between how we feel and how we know. Um, and that those are the times when I feel like we need community. We need people around us to pray with us, to lift us up. We need to hear others' stories. We need others to pour into us and pray with us. And that's why I just am a firm believer that spiritual growth does not happen without community. And I personally experienced that. Like you said, I, I really knew that I had to take all these thoughts and prayers and longings to God, this hurt to God. But uh, for the longest time, I didn't. But there came a time when I did hit rock bottom was a year after I became a mom. And like you mentioned, I had gone back to India for a year. My husband had taken up an internal assignment in India. And that was a time when we had our son. And, you know, being a mom in India is very different. You're always surrounded by people. At least for the first few months, the rule of thumb is just don't leave the mom and baby alone. So uh, I lived with my parents for the first three months and they would adjust their schedule. So there's always someone home. And then, you know, when after we moved out after three months, it is actually a tradition that the, the mom and baby live with the grandmother for three months. So they get they have the honor of taking care of the baby and the mother. And so. After that, when we moved out and lived on our own too, you know, neighbors become very close. You know, they just can come in and out of your home and their children play with yours. So you never are truly alone. So when I moved again back to Redondo Beach, this was when Ryan, my son, was 13 months old. Again, I felt as if someone had just pulled the floor from under me because I felt isolated and motherhood in a way anyway does that to you in a sense right but this was even more and I knew that I had to do something about it so I just googled bible study near me and I found a good bible study I called up a friend that I had and I asked her is this you know everyone's talking about it and it seems nice but just tell me it's a it's a good study it's not a cult or anything and she said oh it's perfect. I've been doing it for many years. And that was confirmation to me. Uh, And so I went to this Bible study, which uh, was hosted in a church nearby. And we started reading the Bible. And the main focus for that Bible study was, or most of the time was spent in discussing 
the study with one another and it was a women's bible study so just hearing stories of faith made such an impact on me it made me feel like i was not the only one and like you said even though their stories were different from mine it's just that you see god at work in their lives and you see how god comes through for them and spending so much time in god's word i think that's what i needed on my own i was struggling to keep up that discipline but now i felt accountable i found a group that kept me accountable and so and we were studying matthew that year and there's something about just you know a studying matthew and knowing jesus again seeing him through a fresh lens um gave me so much joy and over time slowly changed my perspective changed my perspective about belonging about what home is about who i am and god showed me you know that these longings that i had for rootedness for belonging were a shadow of a longing for a heavenly home that he has actually put in our hearts and i began to see myself as an as a spiritual immigrant which because that is what the bible says that we are we are a strangers in a strange land and this earth is not our home and so i just began to dive deeper into scripture to understand what that meant and till then i had never actually seen myself as a foreigner on earth i was comfortable you know like any other christian in my surroundings being in one geographical area without much change nothing shook the boat so i was comfortable but now i realized that the hope my whole immigrant experience made me realize that i had parked proper, probably my identity in the wrong things in temporary things as long as i was surrounded with my culture with my friends with my family with everything i could say i'm a strong christian but when all that was taken away could i still say jesus is more than enough for me and so i began to really pray and ask god to help me make him the anchor you know may i wanted god to be my home so that no matter where i went my intimacy with him my relationship with him should become home for me and in fact i think that is how i also feel <laughs> strangely because i've lived in just so many different homes and one thing i forgot to mention is like when we moved around a lot because of my husband's work his company would put us up in furnished apartments so they felt very impersonal they were almost like hotel rooms so i kind of um so if you even now if you ask me what's your ideal home i would just give you the basic stuff <laughs> because you know uh as long as you know it has few bedrooms and bathrooms i am fine with it and if you asked me that many years ago i would give you a different answer because i realized that uh it's not the physical home that matters it's not even the relationships or family that many people see as home it is yes i mean all that i'm not trying to be super spiritual but when you have that intimacy with god that becomes your home on earth and that makes you long for heaven as your permanent home because there that's when you're united with god and you get to be with him forever does that make sense it absolutely does as you're talking i immediately was reminded of another episode much much earlier on uh, in this podcast episode 23 i believe when jamie lost everything in a fire and she said the phrase at the end that she she had her car she had her family and she had jesus 
Mm. And that was all she had left. But the sentence she said was, that was enough. As I'm listening to you describe your story, in some ways, it's a completely different life story. But you got to sort of that same point of kind of all of these other things sort of being taken away or, or not there where that sort of the foundation gets shaken. And you get to that same point of, oh, Jesus is enough. Even when everything else is gone or shaky. Absolutely. So at the beginning of the episode, we talked about the fact that you have written a book. And I would love for you to just take a minute to maybe share the title, how listeners can find this, a little bit of the topic of this book, and I, and also some other ways they can get connected with you because you do some fun things as well in the podcast world. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I wrote a book called Far From Home, Discovering Your Identity as Foreigners on Earth, and everything that we talked about. Um, is in the book in some form or the other, and in much detail. I think the book tackles three issues that most immigrants face, like identity, home, and community. And with each of those topics, um, I draw parallels between my experience as a literal immigrant and as a spiritual immigrant. For instance, just how I learned to live in between cultures as an immigrant, you know, being fluent in more than one culture. At the same time, as a Christian, that is what we all are called to do. Anyway, we live in between two cultures, the secular culture, as well as um, the biblical or the kingdom culture. And so that my heart that people, believers will see themselves as foreigners on earth, because like I discovered, that's one aspect of our identity that we overlook or we ignore. But when we really lean into that, aspect. It gives us an eternal perspective and it helps us align our purposes with God's purposes, with kingdom purposes, and really gives us purpose and joy and hope. So that's my heart for the book. And you can connect with me at mabelninen.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, and I do a podcast, uh, which is relaunching starting February 2023. It's called Immigrant Faith Stories. And I give a platform to immigrants, refugees, missionaries, anyone who serves in a cross-cultural context to share their stories of faith, to share just like mine, you know, very similar to mine, um, because I believe that they have uh, something to contribute to, to the church and listening to them always inspires me in my faith journey. So that I want listeners and viewers to also, you know, go back feeling inspired and encouraged uh, in their faith uh, after watching the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know there will be so many listeners that that need to hear that and be encouraged by that. And as always, ladies, if you're tuning in, we will have all the links that Mabel mentions in the episode notes. So you can find those there pretty easily. But before we kind of close up here, I wanted to ask you a couple of very quick questions. One is, on behalf of the women who have the same story that you have, and one is on behalf of the women who don't. Um, so for the women who are listening, going, oh my gosh, she gets me. Yes, that's me. That's my story. I've lived through that. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, what might you, you know, if you could kind of give them 30 seconds of encouragement or or even advice, you know, in whatever new newness that they're in, what might they do? Sure. 
Uh, oh, I have so many things to share, but I'll try to keep <laughs> it brief, like you said, to remember that no matter what changes, that no matter who changes, God never changes. Uh, and so to hold on to, to his promises, because they never change, to hold on to God's character, because he never changes, and just meditate on his word, find a community of believers that you can, that will encourage you to stay grounded and stand firm in the Lord. That's the best advice I can give. I love that. And you hit on a great transition. You said to find a community of believers. So for those listeners who are kind of on the outside looking in, they've never experienced this before. They've never felt like a foreigner. What can they do to maybe recognize the loneliness or the needs of somebody on their street or in their workplace or maybe coming to visit their church? Is there anything that that these ladies can sort of be aware of and maybe tangibly do to make a difference? Thanks for asking that question. It's so important. You know, sometimes all you have to do is just be welcoming, um, open your home to them, or even make that first move to ask them what their story is. Nobody had ever asked me what my story was for years, you know. And I think it's it's not that they're being mean or unkind. It's just that they don't want to get into awkward conversations, I think, or they don't want to say anything which would offend you. I mean, these days it is just uh, people are walking on eggshells because we don't want to say anything which is politically wrong. But uh, I can tell when comments come from a bad place and when sometimes they're just trying to get to know me. So it's okay to ask wrong questions, at least with me. <laughs> so ask questions, you know, get to know them and let them see that you're genuinely interested in knowing them and, and take time out to, to listen to where they've been and what their struggles are. Invite them to, if they are Christians, invite them to a small uh, gathering of friends or a, a Bible study that's not too threatening or and if they're willing to come to church with you, that would be great because many Christians do look for a church. And that has been just such a huge part of our lives. Like whenever we go to a new place, we go church hunting. And sometimes it's just been someone, a stranger who's told us, hey, this is a great church. Check that out. So, you know, tell them if there's someone new to, your, to the neighborhood, um, tell them, you know, where the nearest churches are or introduce your kids to them or make that connection and don't be afraid to do that. It's so true. You exactly what you just said. So many people are afraid to say the wrong thing, so they don't say anything. And, mm -hmm. and we do kind of tiptoe around and maybe with the intention of being polite and politically correct, but then that does sometimes put the wall that prevents us from actually getting to know somebody. And that phrase, I mean, obviously it's my favorite phrase. <laughs> I like that you used it too. Tell me your story. I'm curious about your story. I would love to hear about your story. Cause that, that's such a, it, and at least in my opinion, it's such a non-threatening phrase because somebody can choose what part of their story they want to share and in what way. And, you know, it, it's not like a, an interview, like an interrogating interview. You can just share as you're comfortable and get to know each other. So I, I just, I love that. And I am so glad you took time to share your story with us and really explain 
your experience and and really the adventure that you went on from country to country and state to state and making that connection between what it means to be a, a foreigner in the more literal sense and then a foreigner in the more spiritual sense. It, it was such a blessing to have you. Thank you. And we close every episode with a prayer. And if you're willing, I would love to have you pray for the listeners, uh, especially those who might be feeling like foreigners in some way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Dear God, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for us on the cross so that we can be forgiven and free. Thank you so much, Lord, for loving us. Um, thank you for your grace and mercy. And Lord, we pray for those of us who feel like we don't belong anywhere. Maybe some of us um, feeling like misfits right now or just lonely or homesick. Um, maybe some of us just lack joy and purpose. Lord, we know that you are the answer to everything. And we pray, Lord, right now that you would um, comfort my friends who, who are feeling this way. You would send them help. You would send them healing. You would send them hope. I pray that they would find a good community. Or I pray that even as they open their Bibles and look for answers, that you would meet them there, that they would have a personal encounter with you today as they read your word, and that you would reveal yourself to them. Lord, I pray that we would know in our hearts that your goodness and mercy is chasing us, that you long to get to know us, you want to spend time with us, you're waiting for that, and that you have always taken the first step to having a personal relationship with us. So we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for being our rock, our anchor, our refuge, that no matter what happens or wherever we go or what changes in our life, you never change. Thank you so much for being our fortress and our friend and our father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Mabel. I loved getting to record this with you. And, and Shadia, if you're listening, thank you so much for connecting us. I really appreciate it. Ladies who are listening right now, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by this story and this episode and that you come back next time for our next story. Good night, y'all. The Story Night Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com slash women.